I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. We're brought today by Be Secular. Be free to love. Be able to choose. Be accepted no matter your race, gender, sexual orientation, or belief system. Be Secular. Be Secular merchandise allows you to display your support for equality and the separation of church and state, while also donating up to 50% of the profit from your purchase to nonprofits, groups, and artists that support those same values. Go to www.besecular.com. Pick your item and then choose who you want to get the donation from your sale. Listeners of this podcast will get a 10% discount if they use the promo code FRIENDLY. Make a statement. Be you. Be secular. Our guest tonight is a college football player from one of the top Division I programs in the country. He's not just a guy on the bench. He himself is one of the top players in the country for his position. I follow college football loosely. And this guy's on a team whose coach I've heard of. So trust me, this isn't a second-rate school. At his request, we're maintaining his anonymity because he deserves to be recognized for his talent and not his atheism, and uh, we don't want to ruin that for him. Rest assured, though, I know his name. I verified he is who he says he is, and we wanted to talk about faith, football, and his future. So for the sake of the interview, we're going to call him Patrick. So Patrick, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me on. So uh, tell us about uh, how you got involved in football, because the premise here is you're a college football player and you happen to be an atheist. Um, how did you become, I mean, which one came first? Did you start thinking about religion at a young age? Did you always know you wanted to be a football player? Um, well, honestly, um, you know, I just played sports growing up for, uh, you know, really my whole life. Um, yeah, I mean, I just started, uh, playing high school and I guess that led into, uh, college. But, um, as far as, uh, you know, my beliefs and everything, I, uh, I grew up in a really small um, Lutheran private school, and um, I really didn't start thinking about it much until eighth grade. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was going on. They, they started trying to talk about some other stuff in my school, and I, I really started to think about it. But um, in high school, I really um, kind of challenged a lot of the ideas that were taught, and um, you know, kind of really just led to it through that. So what would happen? Obviously, we're keeping you um, anonymous. What would do you fear would happen if people found out you're an atheist? Um, well, I'm not really sure, honestly. Um, you know, I don't think there's too many football players that have been, uh, you know, called come out of the closet as atheists. But, um, you know, I think it's a very, uh, you know, I will say I go to a, the school that I am uh attending is very um southern and conservative so um i guess you know a lot of people in the area a lot of people are very religious and um you know i feel like i've seen a good uh image you know in the community and here and i feel like i mean i'm sure you guys know people um people especially when they just hear the word atheist have, have a very uh, negative feel about it and i just um you know it's different when you know christian athletes kind of come out and, you know, they're open about it, but, um, you know, everybody seems to, you know, it, it doesn't really matter, but, um, you know, if you were to come out as an atheist, I'm not really sure what would happen. I feel like there'd be a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of up, up, I don't even know, uprising. <laughs> Do you think, uh, your teammates would react, uh, they would treat you differently if they found out that you didn't believe in God? Um, no, I actually, uh, a lot of my teammates do know, um, we have team chapels and, you know, 
you know, to the people I'm close with on the team, um, you know, they, they, they know. I mean, I don't go to chapel. I'm not, you know, they know I'm not religious. And it's not really with them. It's more with um, just the public, yeah. and the, you know, media and uh, things like that. But, um, you know, I don't think any, any, everybody on the team treats me the same. You know, I think we all have, you know, the, the common goal. So, I mean, I think that's good. I hope this is a fair question, but I'm sure you saw everything that happened with Michael Sam at the end of his college football career and getting drafted oh, yeah, in the definitely. NFL. Do you feel that there would be, uh, you know, his teammates totally supported him when he came out as gay, um, but obviously the media seemed to care way more about that than his athletic abilities. Do you worry that if you came out as atheist, you know, your teammates would have your back, but everyone would try to make that a focal point of everything you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I don't, I don't think it'd be on the, you know, the national level that um, it was with Michael Sam, but more the mm-hmm. local media where I'm at, where I am. I feel like, you know, you know, I can't tweet about that stuff or anything. I just feel, <laughs> you know, you know, it, you know, there's a chance I could say something and it might not actually come up at all. But you know, I, I don't think um, it's not a risk really you want to take. take. That, I don't really want to take that risk right now. I just, you know, I've I've been around the South a lot. You know, I grew up. <laughs> very in a very southern uh, area so yeah. you know i know how people react to these types of things i mean sure. you know there are some people who are batshit crazy about it so <laughs> well uh one of the questions i have is football i i've been writing so much lately about high school football coaches who want to mm-hmm. pray with their team and that's totally illegal it's fine if the students mm-hmm. want to do it on their own but the at coaches public at public schools yeah yeah, uh, yeah coaches yeah. love to get involved and i wonder i never hear about that really with like a baseball team i never hear about that on a basketball mm-hmm. team i'm yeah, sure it right. happens but it's something yeah. very special to football unique to football why is that do you have any idea why faith and football seems so intertwined uh, you know, to be honest, I, you know, I have no clue. I, I grew up in a really, uh, yeah, I was like at a religious school, like I said before. And so all the, you know, all the sports teams, all the, you know, there was an open prayer before every game, at, mm-hmm. no matter what the sport was. And and I've actually often wondered that. Um, you know, I, I really couldn't give you a straight answer. I, I really have no idea. I feel like uh, maybe it has something to do with, yeah, I, actually, I really have no idea. I think if I, I had to... Such big, if I had to wager a guess, I would think that it has something to do with like college football's popularity in the South. That yeah, I was you know I was I was about to say that too. Yeah, I think especially you know football being as big as it is in the South and mm-hmm. especially the area where I grew up. Um, yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think it's very very common down there, and it's you know pretty you said, big. So you said you have a team chapel uh, that is voluntary. Do you also have a chaplain? Because I know a lot of we, we do a, we we do have a chaplain. In the that's um, pretty common, right? Like with a lot of football yeah, teams. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not even sure if it's very common on college football programs. I really don't know. I know the NFL um, has them would, for like every team. Wait, really? Yeah, the NFL yeah, has chaplains for every that. team. Mm. I mean, I, I actually when I came on my visit to this the school I'm at now, I. Uh, I was actually really surprised by the fact that they had one because I, you know, why, you know, they would always said it's, you know, it's, you know, it's not mandatory to go to, which, you know, I, I knew that, but they uh, made that clear to you. I was, I was still surprised. Did, um, you know, I mean, they, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily mandatory. I mean, everybody goes, except for <laughs> me, but, <laughs> right? um, it's, you know, you know, they, they definitely don't, you know, you know, the coaches don't make a point about it or anything, you know, they don't. They're strictly um, professional about what they're doing. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm really actually happy about that. Yeah, you know, that it's professional. Well, because in high school, you know, I had to go to every, I had to go to chapel every Wednesday. I had to go to every 
all you know all that shit and I, yeah. I hate it <laughs> and that's because can, you went to a lutheran high to. school yeah, yeah yeah so i mean i'm i'm thankful for that i guess but yeah i mean i just don't really attend any of that stuff are you uh do you know if you're the only student who doesn't attend the the chapels um i, I know there are people you know just players missing just sometimes not really due to that reason yeah they um, they might have some other obligations because it's technically not required so you know i know people can get you know 30 minutes extra sleep or something right um if they're really tired or something like that but there, there's nobody who um purposely I misses guess, it completely <laughs> yeah, pur- purpose purposely misses it like for the same reason that i have i guess yeah um go ahead um so i mean aside from the chapel i assume there's a lot of praying like in the locker room i've seen rudy i know it happens <laughs> Um, yeah. like, how do you feel about that? Do you participate? Do you stand quietly? Do you like, do you feel left out? Say you're the worst. Yeah. Do you feel left out if you don't um, participate? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been asked that before by I think another person on the same topic, but, um, no, I really don't feel left out. I, I don't want to be a part of it. I really have yeah. no desire to be a part of it. Um, but before, before the games and after the games is, um, we do the Lord's prayer in the locker room before the games and you know, I just kind of sit there, um, <laughs> But, um, you know, and after the game, there's a team prayer in the middle of the uh, field for the people who, you know, want to join, which is pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I just kind of walk around, pretend like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say but, I would do anything differently. That's probably yeah. what I would do if I were in the same position. Yeah, I mean, I just walk around, you know, kind of, you know, with the good wind, you know, walking around with <laughs> so know, it's, doing whatever it, whatever it is. It's one thing when these things happen before or after the game. I wonder if you've ever been in a position uh, where, you know, maybe it was a really close game and you guys were trying to figure out, like, you only had one play at the end of the game or something. Hemet knows a lot about football. I know so tell. much about all of these sporting <laughs> events. Um, but, you know, if there's a huddle or something, maybe, is there a prayer that goes on in the middle of the game that you have to... That I don't know what you do in that situation. Does that happen, or are people even the players? Are they strictly like let's talk football during the game? Um, and that's a good question. I I don't think necessarily there's there's team prayers in the middle of the game. You mm-hmm. know, I think you know whoever you know if some big plays happen, there might be people praying to themselves or something. Yeah, but um, not not really during the game, no. Um, you know, there our our chaplain is too. I mean, that happens a lot. Like right before the game, people can go and do. Just like a short little individual prayer with our chaplain, but um, not, nothing really during the game. Everybody's pretty, um, as a team, focused on football during the game. Okay. Yeah, Patrick, I would love to talk a little bit about what your future, what you see your future is. Obviously, I don't know a lot about you at all, but hypothetically, if you were aiming to play in the pros, like, is this something you're going to feel that you have to keep under wraps, or is it more a consequence of? I live in the South, it sounds like, and it's a community thing. Yeah, um, well, my plans, my plans, all, um, you know, for my whole, ever since I've, you know, went to college and everything, um, you know, I've always wanted to get my degree first, so that's always my, you know, my, my first plan. Mm-hmm. So, if, you, know, if it's, you know, if football doesn't work out, I always have something to, um, you know, lean back on, or, you know, I'm really not even lean back on. I mean, I, you know, I, it's not like I don't want to have, a career of my own, you know, everything, but, um, even if you, you know, play I, professional I football, it's not going to last forever. Right. Well, yeah. And that, you know, even if I don't make it to the you know professional level, I still have a job where, you know, I'm happy, you know, something I want to do, not just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's not like the NFL is my only option. Um, but it's definitely, you know, that's my, my goal. And 
I guess uh, I guess in the the last uh, two years I've had I've had a lot of um, I mean I, I've been I've been doing pretty well. So when I first came in as a freshman, you know, I didn't think there was a much chance of it, but I I feel like um, you know I'm starting to get to the point where I think um, you know I, that might be more of a uh, reality than I've expected. Mm-hmm. So you know that's. That's definitely my number one goal at this point, and I, I don't really know where um, where I would be with publicly announcing that in the NFL either. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I really have no idea. I haven't thought about that much. Um, I'm his, his name is escaping me. What's the name of the punter from the Vikings? Chris Cluey. Chris Cluey. Have Chris you been Cluey. following um, yeah. his? I follow him. <laughs> what, do you have any thoughts about that? Because he's very vocal about his beliefs when it comes to marriage equality, when it comes yeah. to how they treat yeah, gay players. He's uh, openly you know, was, agnostic. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah I thought I was he was actually, uh, Cheerfully you know, that, agnostic that, that, or something. Uh, right when you asked, he popped into my mind right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember, you know, seeing interviews with him talking about all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, when, you know, he's cut now for whatever reason, but it seemed like, you know, he was having pretty good... Uh, pretty good season until yeah. started making those comments and then they kind of dropped him. So. Do you think his comments were the reason, not because of his play, but because of things he did off the field that was maybe a factor in why he might have gotten cut? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really don't. I'm not sure. I, I can definitely see that that happening. I don't think that would be um, out of the question. You know, I think, especially with the franchise, you know, mm-hmm. as big as you know, NFL team, I think yeah, it's the same thing with Michael Sam. You know, do do teams want to have all that media attention around him? Do they want to do it? And yeah. coming from, you know, a punter, you know, who's, I guess not necessarily as big of a, uh, you know, trademark player, I guess. Right, it's not the same as, and like, a quarterback do doing to, it. Yeah, you know, do, do they want to deal with all that? You know, do they want to do that? And certainly I can see a team dropping um, a punter because of that. Sure. I mean, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure if that was the case or anything. I I listened to an interview that he did on the Nerdist. I think it was, which is where we go to all of our sports news. Yeah, That's, absolutely. Yeah. Nerdist and friendly atheist. <laughs> yep. That's where everybody comes for sports. Um, but anyway, he he talked in depth about it, and he it seems like he th- like, I don't think he's accusing anybody of anything, but he certainly feels it's a strongly factor. like I think there was some. Homophobic, yeah, definitely. homophobic talk in the locker room that he kind of stood up against, and he thinks mm-hmm. that that may have <laughs> bad for team morale yeah. is probably what they would. I'm say. sure. But... Uh, let me let me broaden the scope here for a second. We talked about prayers before and after game, but athletes tend to be superstitious in general. So I wonder yeah, if there definitely. are rituals your teammates do before a game that are not necessarily Christian, that are not necessarily religious, but do you participate yeah. in any of those rituals? Like, do you wear the same uh, socks before a game? Does that matter? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to name anybody, but um, there's, there's one person on our team who uh, um, very, very, very superstitious. I'm talking about he had gum stuck to his cleat one game and has not removed the gum. <laughs> oh, the gross. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, it's dead serious. I, I <laughs> um, you know, I'm very, <laughs> I have a really strong, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, that doesn't make a difference. But, um, you know, I have, I have a routine that I do, but not, nothing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, super spacious with lawyers. If your routine, if your routine was screwed up before a game, would that affect your mindset going into a game? Um, I think, 
from a psychological aspect, mm-hmm. anytime you, I can see how as comfortable, but um, when, I mean, when I'm talking about, I have to define routine, kind of. I'm talking about doing the same thing, you know, every every time you do something in a game, as opposed to wearing it the same pair of underwear. You know, I don't care about that. <laughs> So you, know, you, you know, do like, you do the laundry between up. games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there's. I don't know how to explain it. I guess you know, I every, every time I perform, I try to do you know the exact same thing mm-hmm. as opposed to, which is you know if I if I messed up something in that it it could affect it you know. Yeah. But um, definitely not from like a, you know, I don't I don't even know you know going out on the field and touching the grass. Yeah. Kissing like cleats, like I don't even know something like that. <laughs> right. But wearing the same pair of socks, I don't nothing like that. I think that's ridiculous. Do but, you ever say that to your teammates? Because it's one thing to just stand outside of a prayer circle or something, but uh, <laughs> do you tell your teammate like, dude, that gum on your cleats isn't changing the the, oh, the ball game at all? Oh no, I, I uh, <laughs> well, you know, even 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 the people that are superstitious, we all, you know, it's it's joking. We all, you know, give each other, you know, sure. shit about it. Yeah, I, I tell them all the time, like, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, does that? Do you really think that's going to have any effect on the outside world? What you're thinking in your head, and he just, you know what? Shut, he just tells me to shut up and laugh. <laughs> so you joke about yeah, it, no. but it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, I, I, I joke with my, you know, my closer friends on the team. You know, when they when they pray, you know, yeah, you know, kiddingly uh, joke. You know, do you really think you know saying that in your head is actually going to have any effect <laughs> on the outer world? And you know, I, I have fun with it. And you know, they don't. I'm really My curious. Friends, I can say that too. But. I'm really curious if your teammates, if you ever lose a game, do your teammates ever be? Are they ever saying to you, "It's because you didn't pray"? <laughs> it's because of the devil. <laughs> it's oh, God, no, I, the devil and yeah, no, no, nobody would that. I don't think anybody would take it to that level. But, oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I, I no, nah, nobody's harsh like that. But um, that's good I, to I know. I always think it's funny when you know we, yeah, you know, you, the prayers are so, in my mind, dumb. I mean, it's. Hey, please keep everybody safe, and then someone has a tear of ACL during the game. And what? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it just, <laughs> and both teams are praying to play their best to win, and obviously that doesn't happen. You know, it's just right. Someone's going to lose. God's not on <laughs> right. one of the team's sides. Uh, that's that's probably the funniest thing about it. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous to me, but. <laughs> Do you feel comfortable talking about faith and religion with with all of your team, or is it just with the people who you're close to? Like, um, is it a conversation you all like have together? Do what? Is it a conversation you feel like you can always have together, or is it just reserved for the your kind of inner circle? Um, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it with anybody on the team just because you know. I mean, I don't have normal conversations with anybody on the team. I mean, I would feel comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would feel comfortable doing it, but um, you know, I, th- I talk to my closer friends about it more. Um, in that perspective, yeah. Can I ask you? You said you went to a religious high school and you started thinking oh, yeah. about atheism around. You said eighth grade. Um, um, yeah. Around that time, what was it that really changed your mind about that fact? Was it someone, uh, a friend of yours? Was it a book you read? No, I um, I'll I'll, I'll kind of give you the little uh. A little story, yeah. uh, not, not a story, but just kind of a little uh, in time preview, I guess. So, like in eighth grade, I guess, you know, I had, we had religion class, and um, we in eighth grade, you know, they they made this poor attempt to try to, you know, and growing up, I had no idea, you know, as a kid being raised by, you know, through 
Christianity through the school. I mean, you don't know that there's anything else. You just think everybody in the whole world's Christian. Yeah, you're living in and, a bubble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I, I didn't literally had no idea that there was any other belief system. I thought everything was Christian. And um, our eighth grade year, we kind of like one of our Bible classes was like looking at they, they talked it like they said the word secular and they literally made it sound like these. I don't even remember, but it just this terrible, awful, you know, like disease stricken thing. And um, we're we like a level below it. Ebola. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- basically. Lepers. And yeah. Um, we had this we had this like debate where we were on teams and we were supposed to um, defend the question, is the Bible the inerrant word of God? You know, is it 100 percent true? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And for what, you know, and everybody in the class, it's funny because everybody in the class wanted to be on the team. Like, because, you know, everybody, you know, wants to be on one side of the debate, yeah. whatever's easiest to defend. And everybody wanted to be on the side that was, no, it's not the inherent word of God because it's easier to prove mm-hmm. that it's not, right? Right. And um, I, I remember wanting to do that, and, I, you know, I was looking at it, and I was like, well, I actually ended up being on the trying to prove that it was the inherent <laughs> word of God. Um, and, you know, I, you know, we were sitting there doing all this stuff, and, you know, I, I started to realize, I'm like, if we're having a debate... And it's ten times easier to defend one side. What you know? What what does that mean? The side um, that says the Bible isn't a hundred percent true. <laughs> I, you know, and you you you. You're, I mean, just the fact that it's easier that everybody wants one side to defend is, you know, almost evidence in itself. But um, yeah. so I started having you know I started kind of questioning some things. I got to ninth grade, and I'm sure you guys will cringe it. But um, ninth grade, my biology teacher, of Uh-oh. course, um had to mention evolution and literally said, okay, well, here's the theory of evolution, but it's 100% false. Oh, and, yeah. There's... And, and, you know, obviously, <laughs> young earth creationist. Um, yeah. And, he, you know, he, he was... And, I mean, this pisses me off talking about it, but, you know, saying that there's absolutely no evidence for evolution, there's not one fossil evolution, that there's there's no way to actually date the age of the earth. And so I thought, I knew from my knowledge that well, that's weird because literally, um, what ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent of scientists in the real world think that, yeah, you know, accept evolution, yeah. and they accept you know the Earth is Earth is like four point five four billion years old, and yeah. I, I I just started to I pulled up the internet in five minutes, found that <laughs> you know a shit ton of fossils, and shit ton of evidence, <laughs> and all this shit, and I'm, and I'm sitting here thinking like you know, what is this, what's going on? I can't tell and if so, that would make uh, you the best student or the worst student if I were in that position, but that's kind of awesome. I mean, yeah, like, t- I'm, I'm sitting there just thinking, you know, like, well, I mean, this is obviously not true. And so, I mean, really from that, from that biology class, class on all the way out through high school, I mean, I kind of, you know, I was still a, a Christian by then, but I really mm-hmm. started to question a lot of things, did a lot of, you know, I'd read books. I'd look at online debates between people, um, and I think my going into my senior year, you know, I kind of branched farther and far away, farther away from it. But I, uh, I started like my junior summer. I really um, made it a big uh, goal of mine to figure out what I was because I was like, you know, I'm not Christian, but I, I have no idea what I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I picked up uh, Richard Dawkins' God Delusion, read that in about three days. Tales of time. Thought that was, you know, I thought that was probably the best book I've ever read, and you know, I did, I did a lot of research, a lot of looking. And I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm officially um, an atheist. But um, I guess that's how I kind of came to that. A f- funny story is um, Christopher Hitchens, who I'm sure you guys know, yes. actually did a debate at the 
big church next to me when I was in eighth grade. Oh, wow. And I, um, like, cause there's a, I lived right, a, my school was right across from this, you know, I, I was raised in Texas from this mega church. Yeah. And, um, he, he was there and, you know, at the time I had no idea who it was, but our whole, I was in eighth grade and our whole high school went to view it. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, <laughs> and I found that, <laughs> I found that out later when I, realized who Christopher Hitchens was and I was really pissed off and I was like are you you know are you kidding me I missed this debate between you know he was like one of my idols you know and senior year I was like looking up to him and everything and I realized he was right across the street right you could have seen him yeah I wonder uh how many that I wonder if that was a high school field trip that totally backfired Oh, so that's that's what I was laughing about. I was like, you know, it's okay, guys. We're gonna go see an evolutionist, right? Which, you know, and it's, data. it's very weird you know. to go back to your old story about your biology class. I was gonna say it's very weird. Anytime a high school biology teacher says blah blah blah, the theory of evolution is there, mm-hmm. but like that's never a good sign. As soon as they pivot from yeah. that, one questions why they have science classes yeah. if they're How'd like you get this <laughs> job? science. Oh my god, I know. And you know that I mean, looking back on that, I just think it's it's just I can't even begin to wonder why. I don't even know. I don't understand how you think like that, being a science teacher. But yeah, does your family know your beliefs? Yeah, my um, yeah, they do. My uh, my mom and stepdad are pretty uh, pretty religious. Uh-huh. They um, my uh, stepdad goes, he's um. I think he's really high up in the church that we would attend growing up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they weren't so happy when I told them. I mean, they weren't, you know, they weren't disowning me, but they were like, you know, we're disappointed in you, whatever. But uh, my dad is very, um, he's more of an agnostic. He's, you know, kind of always taught me to question everything. And, um, you know, we have some pretty good, I, I, I talked with him a lot about it. But, um, yeah, and a huge thing for me too, going through my whole you know transition through um, from Christianity to atheism is like to be honest, it's like my dad is like probably one of the the best people I know genuinely. And you know, being young and thinking that he was going to go to hell because he didn't accept mm-hmm. Christianity mm-hmm. was uh, like a huge game changer for me because he's you know in my life he's always just been someone who's you know never done the wrong thing, always wanted the best for people no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, for people to sit here and, you know, hearing from my teacher as well, you know, he's going to hell and shit. I mean, I was, all right. Yeah. But you I guys have a pretty that, good relationship uh, now still? Yeah, I mean, you know, me and me and my dad have probably a lot stronger relationship with uh, with each other than me and my mom. You know, me and my mom are still, you know, we have a good relationship, but it's a little... You're still butting heads over the religion sure, thing a little strained. bit. Uh, yeah, not even that. I mean, we have a lot of other problems but um fair enough definitely that you know they don't you know they think i'm just going (laughs) i'm sure that's probably the dumbest thing i've ever heard the thing i'm going through a phase we've all heard it my friend don't worry your your college liberal phase where you just want (laughs) to you know i'm 31 my parents uh, still think i'm going through a phase it's all right oh my god (laughs) let me ask you one last question um jessica won't believe me i really do follow sports like no i swear i (laughs) that's all that's on tv when i'm at home but i i do have a question um what don't 
I know but from watching college football on television or something and you actually being on a team. Is there anything that you do on a weekly basis that might surprise me? Because, you know, I don't see the in and outs of practices. I don't know what goes on unless it's on the field on game day or something. Uh, what do you think would surprise an outsider about being part of a, a serious football program? Just in general? Yeah, just in general. Um, I think I think everybody um, has, you know, an idea that college athletes work, you know, hard. Um, but I don't, I, I do not think anybody understands because, you know, there's all these um, debates now with should athletes get paid mm-hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, and, all um, the unionizing I, and everything. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, a lot of people don't realize what, happens with college athletes is and and you know i my, my parents do just fine so i have you know they can always you know give me money when i need it for food and stuff but yeah but to be honest so college football takes away your ability to get a job it's actually against the rules to get um a job associated with the school um but there's after no time you, for a job. you graduate can, even after, after you graduate you can but i'm, I'm just talking about uh-huh. in, uh, mm-hmm. in college so, you know, you have these people who, you know, some of these players that come in from really, uh, you know, poor families who really, you know, they don't have any money. You know, they can't just say, hey, mom, can you put $100 in my account for food this week? Right. right. They have no, they have literally no income at all. And we see and stories. So a, we see what? stories on like ESPN of athletes who get in trouble because they sold autographs for like 10 bucks and it's mm-hmm. because oh they God. need yeah, food. Start on that. <laughs> yeah, and it's. And the thing is, you, you take a 340-pound O-lineman and you give him three meals a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That I eat, I eat five and six meals a day. And I'm. And you're a smaller a guy, guy or something. <laughs> um, I mean, and, it, and you know, the, just the stuff that we go through. I mean, there's that's not enough for a kid that weighs that much. There's not enough really for any college student with an appetite and a metabolism like a college football player, but. Uh, you know, we wake up at 5.30 to go to 6 a.m. workout, class from 8.30 to 12, tutoring from 1 to 3, meetings and practice till 6.30 at night. Then if you didn't have study hall before, you have study hall for that till, you know, till uh, 8 to 9 at night. Is I mean, that all year round or like when is the football that, season in, for you guys? Season. Mm-hmm. That's in season. But um, yeah. during the off season, there's a, you know, you have workouts every morning at 6 a.m. in class and stuff, but... You also, that's, and there's the, you know, involuntary, or the voluntary stuff where you have to, I mean, you, you have to keep, you know, practicing your craft and whatever you do, you know, for receivers, you got to do footwork and stuff. Outside of that, you got to do a bunch of stuff in the off season too. Mm-hmm. And then you get in spring football, which is, um, you know, just like, like I just explained during season. You're still get, conditioning and doing strength work outside of oh, the regular yeah, season. I mean, that's, that's brutal in the off season. Yeah. Um, and then you you know, we have, I think, like, seven weeks off or somewhere, and then we're back, you know, in, we get May off, basically, and we're back uh, at it June 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I was really curious, with the players who are really big guys on the team who may not be able to pay for the food that they need to, you know, keep them sustained and everything, mm-hmm. how do they get by? I mean, and, you know, that's the thing. There's, you know, I'm not going to be naive and, or, you know, lie to you guys and say that, you know, there's not... They find workarounds, basically. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's, I mean, people get food however they can. I mean, right. you know, 330-pound, 
huge lineman is not going to not eat. (laughs) (laughs) They'll find ways. And and it's just so set up, though, that if if the NCAA finds out about any, you know, any little thing like, I mean, say your position coach goes and this actually happened, goes and buys you a few tacos because you're hungry at 10 o'clock at night because you haven't eaten since 6 right after practice. If he goes and buys you a taco from Taco Bell, you are disqualified from the NCAA for the – you can never get back in. You're yeah, done. they're very strict about all of that stuff. And, That's crazy. And, and going back to the thing with autographs, which yeah. makes – that makes me cringe because it's my autograph. The NCAA did not give me my autograph, mm-hmm. and I can't sell my own autograph for money. That you know, it makes absolutely no sense. And if you do, if, if I give an autograph to someone and then they go turn around and sell that autograph, I'm disqualified from the NCAA in football for the rest of the oh, life. Wow. So it's so do college players not even give autographs for the most part because they don't know what's going to happen after it's out of their hands. They tell us not to, but you know you got a, a seven-year-old kid that has your jersey on outside the stadium. You know, oh, yeah. not give autographs. I mean, we yeah, we do sign autographs, and it's just that's the sad part about it is you, you know you can't say no to a kid who wants your autograph. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who who in the right mind is going to say no to a kid? I mean, you know, you're right. not going to. Oh, I mean, I don't deny anybody of an autograph. You know, mm-hmm. some kid's making his way with a Sharpie trying to find me for the whole game. And he yeah. finds me. I'm going to get his autograph. It's going to make his day. <laughs> right. I'm not and you just hope he doesn't. And, <laughs> you hope yeah, he doesn't I mean, turn around you know, and he, come back to bite you. Right. I mean, you know, it's it just it's just ridiculous that I even have to worry about that or yeah. worry about anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Wait, really quick. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure you're busy, but if you can make it up to Chicago this weekend, I'm on a flag football team and we're short a guy. <laughs> so, um, we got a game this weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like college football season's like happening it's as we speak, which you would shit. know if you, followed sport, <laughs> if you followed yeah, sports. If you followed sports. Yeah, thank you for thank you for taking <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your busy busy schedule right now to talk to us. Yeah, no problem. Best of luck with the rest of the season and uh thank you again. Yeah, it's great talking to you, Patrick. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at patreon.com slash hemant, that's he-man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time.